Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good luck, Adam. Good luck, Adam. All right, here we go. Not to laugh. Uh, just start. Just open with the laughter. Is everybody ready? Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our Thanksgiving show. We've got so much to be thankful for. A new wind of change is coming, and it's not just blowing in from Bonnie Burns' Brussels sprouts. Tonight, we're doing a Thanksgiving potluck. We'll find out how Tony Anita Hull's stuffing tastes. Boy, that was poorly worded. And whether Paula can deliver on a dessert. Don't tell me there's such a thing as Butterfinger pie made with Butterfinger old Butterfinger bars. Plus... Nobody's. You sent us your favorite family Thanksgiving stories. We'll have all your tales of food, family, and potential fratricide. Clean up on aisle eight. Our cornucopia runneth over. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep the blade of our conversation slicing through the topical joints to separate the fat and end up with a show that is all meat and no longer a turkey. And now, please welcome the woman who stuffs every topical bird with deliciously spicy conversational breadcrumbs that get eaten before they are followed, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> hey, you guys. Oh, Happy my gosh. Uh, we, uh... We're having uh, a great Thanksgiving already here. Uh, okay, just before Adam went to do the introduction there... Uh, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, my manager of 20, 26 years, um, for yeah. no reason I can think of, said, good luck, Adam. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> Here on show 125 or whatever it is, she's just yelled, yelled good luck, Adam. Yeah. She's no, never I've... done that before. There's really, we haven't really carved out in our schedule a period of time to wish each other luck before we go forward. And... No, I said good luck, Adam, because we were all laughing before we started, and I meant good luck, Adam, that you get through the announcing without all without all of us laughing. Oh, oh well, that I caused see. that caused a lot more laughter. <laughs> we were laughing before that, everybody. Just so you know, 
because we were about to record when Bonnie Burns decided it was too hot in her abode, and thus we had to wait while she ran into the distance, adjusted the thermostat, and came back to us. Yeah. And she was... uh... Okay, and the other thing that perhaps the listeners don't know is that Bonnie... uh... When she goes to turn her phone off before we begin to record, she doesn't know how to do it without asking Siri to do it. And so there's always this awkward moment where she talks directly to that silly, stupid machine. Yeah, well, she tries to get Siri's attention multiple times. Siri! Siri! Yeah, Siri! Exactly! Siri! Over here! Turn Siri. on Do Not Disturb! Siri! <laughs> And then, by the way, her phone will ring in the middle of taping, so clearly Siri isn't listening. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, oh, hey, Paula, you do want to welcome our house band, don't you? <laughs> to this I Halloween, do. To this Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I do. Siri, welcome the house band. Um, I do. Uh, we have Jan Van Gold on the ukulele tonight. Thank you, Jan. Thanks so much for being here. Now, uh, Tony Nidal... Uh, where did we find where do we find house band Jan Van Gold? Uh, Jan is a nobody who's actually played with us before on the podcast. Oh, what's the matter with my memory? It's just gone. Uh, well, Jan, I'm so glad you're back. Thank you very much. Sounds fantastic. Uh, I think next week we're just having Siri. Is that right? Yeah, it's just going to be Siri. <laughs> Bonnie's going to get her. Bonnie's yeah. booking her. I hate Siri. Uh-huh. I, think, wow. I didn't have Siri, but I love my daughter, but she set up this computer, and it's just set up to talk to Siri. Oh, it's your computer that's set up to talk to Siri. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't see what that has to do with loving your daughter, by the way. Uh, is there a mother anywhere who her daughter sets her computer up <laughs> to talk to Siri? <laughs> And the and the mother's love just falls away. That I think yeah. is un, would be unusual. <laughs> it would be terrible. Well, I didn't want it to just seem like I was being critical. No, doesn't seem that way at all. Um, nope. No, and I think your daughter must breathe a sigh of relief to know that this setting up Siri thing <laughs> hasn't just killed the whole mother daughter relationship. Am I the only one aware that our show has started. <laughs> No, I just want to say this. I just want to say this about the Siri thing. Because, you know, when she does this stuff on her cell phone, my daughter, like, Siri, you know, start my car or whatever it is. I just want to smack her that she knows how to do all that stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) Really uh, unusual value system. Wow. I, I talk to Siri all the time. I'm That's what I mean. Not around well, you. well, you're lucky we're recording remotely. Uh, <laughs> but once again, everyone, we are in fact recording now. <laughs> because otherwise the, the long arm of the law would... Um, well, you guys... We have listeners listening uh, to this. Uh, it's our know pre-dinner what? conversation. It is. It's our pre-dinner conversation. Um, Adam... Yes, Adam. Paula. Don't you want to yeah. tell the people about what we're doing? Very badly, Paula. I've been looking for an opportunity. <laughs> uh, Ad, uh, Siri, so, Siri, tell everybody. Adam to tell the people. 
Welcome, everybody, to our Thanksgiving potluck special. And what we've done here, it's really exciting, is we decided um, to have a Thanksgiving potluck, but have it right here on the air uh, in front of you guys. We all were assigned to bring a dish, and uh, we're going to have ourselves a little, a very Poundstone Thanksgiving right here. Um, you know what I just realized? I'm excited. What's that? We're all in our own homes. Oh. Oh! Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, wow. Fuck. What were we thinking? So. I don't know. That's, that's terrible planning. So we yeah. all, we're all stuck with the dishes that we brought. <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, like when we went to the studio, that we, you know, when I brought the chips and the candy and we all had, well, you know what that means? Because I, I, I'm in charge of the dessert. Um, and I have like <laughs> oh. five well, pies I, I, here. I, I, we planned this poorly, I, I think, because now we're all stuck with whatever we brought. Well, let's find out what we brought to the potluck. Bonnie, what did you bring for all of us? And it's only going to be Yeah, Bonnie, you. what did Siri okay. make? Yeah. <laughs> if only. I think my daughter can get Siri to turn the oven on, which is, you know, so irritating. So um, here's what I brought. I, brought I thought you didn't want to sound critical. Sprouts. You brought well, Brussels sprouts? I that might have. No, I, it's like a whole nother generation. It's enough with the Siri. So um, I brought Brussels sprouts, which I like, but never have mastered cooking them exactly correctly. But that's okay. They're good. And then I'm drinking <laughs> coffee, which I'm getting stoned on. You know, it's like one of my favorite things. And then I brought cherries. A flambe, a flambe, and I'm about to light them. So You're I not. might make some noise. <laughs> I might make some noise while you guys are talking because you have to eat that right away. You can't let the flame burn for a long time. Are you oh, lighting no. it right now? In fact, here I go. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Okay, got it. <laughs> Did you really I just light your cherry flambe? <laughs> okay, that's what I brought. Amazing. So wait, now now did you you blew out the cherries flambe? Yeah. In the midst you, of you the COVID in the midst of the COVID pandemic, you blew your spit all over the cherries flambe? <laughs> yeah, well I'm the only one who's I'm the only one who's eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, Adam, what did you bring? Um, well, I, I brought two dishes. Um, I was uh, in charge of the starch, so it's going to be a very fattening night, I guess, here at the Felber household. I made my I made my special baked macaroni and cheese, which I've um, based on an on a on a recipe that goes all the way back to the 19th century, the Fanny Farmer cookbook uh, macaroni and cheese recipe. It's a, it's a venerable thing. And Paula, we were talking about this just a couple of uh, weeks ago. You got to make a roux and a bechamel sauce. To uh, to make a good mac and cheese, you make a roux, a roux, yeah. What, and how do you do that? Uh, butter and flour. Oh, equal parts butter and flour. Melt the butter, add the flour. You create this uh, this this little mushy brown thing that that's known as a roux, R O U X. I don't think I could add equal parts flour to my butter. I just love butter. I would always <laughs> I favor the you. butter. I do. <laughs> Um, um, all right. Well, so in you addition made your... to that, the baked macaroni and cheese, I also made a nice garlic mashed potatoes with two kinds of potatoes, uh, Yukon gold and uh, traditional russet potatoes. 
So although the rest of us are celebrating Thanksgiving, you are having a starch festival uh, there. Well, we, we, as I said, we didn't really plan very well because realizing that we're all stuck with the dish that we made. Like Bonnie's got her cherries and her weird Brussels sprouts, and I've got my mac and cheese and potatoes. Uh, what did you bring, Paula? Let me tell you something. I made out like a bandit. I have a pecan pie, a pumpkin pie, Ooh. an oh. apple pie, a chess pie, a, 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 and a um, and a lemon meringue pie. Wow! So you made pie, or wow. did you yeah. buy pie? Oh no, I made them. Did you? You made them. Yeah, I got like flour all over my face, and uh, it looks like I'm wearing um. <laughs> Uh, gloss lipstick, but it's not. It's butter. I just when I'm baking, I like to just rub the butter on my lips. I hear that, um, and I'm <laughs> disgusted by it. <laughs> and I just keep licking my lips. Yeah, wow. you know what's um, missing? Oh my god, these are this is going to be delicious. I'm so sorry, you guys aren't going to be able to have any of these pies. You know what? Yeah, again, this is I'm not even going to make slices because I live alone. I, I, I'm just going to, like, start on one end. and uh, Yeah, I would just put put your face in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, right now I'm having my entree pie. You know, um, <laughs> you enjoy that entree pie. I do want to tell our listeners, I have, um, on occasions, back in the pre-COVID days, dined with Paula Poundstone in various diners and stuff, and she often orders the pecan pie. But here's the thing, Paula, you don't like or eat pecans. No, I suck them off and spit them out. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely true, people. She loves pecan pie, doesn't eat the nuts. No, I like the treacly stuff inside. The, the, you know, the caro syrup, basically. Um, Yum. Hey, hey, wait a minute. If we were together, who? Tony, did you make the turkey? I, I got stuck with the turkey and stuffing. (laughs) <laughs> so how, how'd Adam, you prepare that turkey tony adam insisted that i brine the fucking turkey so <laughs> i had to go buy a Jesus. five gallon bucket so i could put the turkey in in my refrigerator in the brine all night what is brine <laughs> wow <laughs> you sound very angry and whereas you should be happy because brining turkey is the way to go it's the only way to go as far as i'm concerned well, I guess. it's it's What's the it degree mean? it's the degree to which you're concerned that we're concerned with. Um, what uh, <laughs> what is brining? Tony, um, so you take broth and different you know seasonings. I use sage and rosemary um, and thyme, and you put it in with vegetable broth. You put the turkey in, and then you pour ice water over it. Then you let it sit all night so it absorbs all of that flavor and moisture. So when you when you go to cook the turkey, it stays it stays nice and moist. Um, moist. Tony, did you use the same sage that you burned your apartment down with? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different sage. That's sage oh, you're like this. You were the sage queen. You're the sage sage sage. So, Tony, how did it turn out? I mean, I, I wish I could be there because I love me a good brine turkey. Did it come out nice? It tastes delicious. I actually love turkey, so I'm okay with eating it for the next three weeks, the leftovers. <laughs> uh, four, 14 pounds may have been excessive. And then... Um, oh, my God. 
Well, that's because we were supposed to eat together. I made vegan stuffing, by the way. I didn't put it in the turkey so, Polly, you could have some. Oh, that was so kind of you. You know, that reminds me. Years ago, I went uh, with my daughter, who never put Siri on my computer, and so we're still speaking. Um, I went with my daughter <laughs> to, uh, and so I still love her. Um, I went with my daughter to a, uh, a friendly farm, you know, where they don't eat the animals or take their products. They just take care of them. And um, I spent like an hour probably petting a turkey. And it was really, really a wonderful experience. Yeah. Underneath their wings. Well, I may have told dry? you this before. I feel like I told you this before. Unbe- I, well, I was brining it. Um, uh, underneath their wings, there's like a cavernous storage section. Um, there's more room than in the overhead on a plane. Underneath their wings, there's like a big, like a, a vacancy. And you can put your hand in there and stroke them, and they love it. And uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't want to ruin your dinner, Tony, but, you It's know, fine. It's fine. I, I probably mean- wouldn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna air fry the innards later for a snack. Uh. <laughs> hey, <laughs> who's making the noise? What That's noise? me finishing my cherries jubilee. Oh, okay, that well. was flambés. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think it was jubilee, and then she and then she torched it. Uh, you know, yeah. Bonnie's no, had a problem for a while. I thought you were supposed while. to make a turkey in a paper bag. <laughs> I've heard what? of that, too. No, I'm not yeah. kidding. I thought that kept it moist. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Um, Let me Google that. <laughs> yes, Paula loves it when you Google during the show. And I want to say to all of our listeners who uh, might be uh, just having a good family Thanksgiving this week rather than listening to our podcast, I'd say you probably made the right choice. But if you're hearing this, you didn't make that choice. <laughs> Every, by the way, not, I mean, I don't, I, I, okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm not much of a Thanksgiving person. When when my kids were little, we used to, um, I'm sure I've told you this before, we used to make waffles in, uh, in a waffle iron that uh, had Sylvester the cat on the outside, and then you open it up, and the waffle iron itself um, is uh, shaped like Tweety Bird's head. And uh, so we would have Tweety Bird-shaped waffles, and then we would go to the movies. And uh, I've always thought that if the Pilgrims had had that opportunity, that's what they would have done. And I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, we didn't do that thing where you, like, shove yourself away from the table because you're feeling gross. And we didn't have to make conversation with people. You know, I'll tell you something. Um, you know, because I'm not a part of a couple and I've been alone for so many years— um, sometimes I used to get invited like to people's family Thanksgiving and, you know, I'd be on like a chair on a separate table or something. And, um, and <laughs> the only thing worse than being with your own family at Thanksgiving, I think, is being with somebody else's family. So that when they get into their wow. little s- stupid arguments, you just, you know, you just feel so embarrassed and you just feel like, oh, fuck, I wish I'd gone to the movies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, where people go, well, where's my, you know, well, where's my Pyrex dish? Well, I, you know, I used it in the garden for, well, why would you use my Pyrex dish in the garden? 
you know, that kind of, um, you know, you know, Janie, you're not stoned again, are you? I just don't want to be at somebody else's family (laughs) event. I agree. Fair. This is the worst Thanksgiving special ever. Wow. Um, Can I make a, you brought up, you brought up um, waffles. Can I just make a recommendation to take that leftover stuffing and make some stuffing waffles in your waffle iron? I've what? never heard of that. My, shout That's out to my weird. friend Ellie Simpson. She does that. She'll make waffles out of stuffing, and they're delicious. Does she go to her parents' house for Thanksgiving? <laughs> Cause that's the kind of shit. Like you know, you'd you'd go in, you go, oh look, you know, I have this new recipe. It's it's um it's stuffing waffles. And then the dad at the end of the table go, we don't need any of those stuffing waffles here. We, that's. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then the dad would have a bite, and he'd be like, because <laughs> I think I'm, you know what, honey, do you have any of that bromide? I just. Uh, Try to eat the stuffing waffle to make Debbie Sue feel better, but oh Jesus, that's awful. It's I wow. don't know, it's just so I, horrible. I, I, horrible. I, I, I kinda like Thanksgiving. I hate Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> There's Bonnie, did you say you hate Thanksgiving too? I really hate Thanksgiving. But, but, I think the Bonnie, food your ancestors is the worst. came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Bonnie told us earlier before we started to record, Bonnie told us that her ancestors came over in the Mayflowers, the Freedmans. And I I immediately pointed out that there's no fucking way that her ancestors weren't thrown over the side of the boat y- yeah. for making noise while people were trying to sleep. Yeah, your ancestors at best came halfway here on the Mayflower. <laughs> yeah, your, 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 your ancestors washed up on the beaches of Florida. They were the Friedmans, the little known Jewish people of the British people that left for the New World. Is that uh, true? There were Friedmans on the Mayflower? They were the little known Crinklers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Crinkler. They were the little known Jewish people that came over and ended up having to live with the Indians. Wait, what? I'm going to Google it. And they didn't like turkey either. (laughs) (laughs) They they held out for the desserts. I hate Thanksgiving. I think the food is horrible. (laughs) Hate stuffing. Who would eat that food when it's not Thanksgiving? You're forced to eat that food. Well, see, that's very telling. Nobody mid-year says, you know what? I was thinking of making a turkey and stuffing tonight. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why we only do it, uh, if you do it at all, that you only do it annually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of turkey either. There, we are blowing the shit out of the turkey industry. Yeah, but but, (laughs) but I I do have to say that any any of you could have shared your overall distaste for Thanksgiving while we were planning this Thanksgiving special. No, I'll tell you something. I vaguely (laughs) suspected that we wouldn't be getting together and that I would have all the pie. Yeah, yeah. I kind of... I kind of knew the mac and cheese would be would stay here at Casa Felber as well. <laughs> Bonnie, how's that? Uh, how are those flaming cherries coming? I ate all those. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna make a fruit salad. Yeah, she said fruit salad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I changed my you, mind. 
You know what happened? She burned the fruit salad, so she called it Jerry's Flambe. (laughs) (laughs) Given what we know of her cooking skills, she could burn fruit salad. Yeah. Bonnie, did you use your your, um, candy thermometer while you were making your fruit salad? No, but I'll say this. I didn't even bother bringing the Brussels sprouts up here with me. Oh, you're upstairs? I decided to go all cherries. I went all cherries. Yeah. Cherries did you leave? Coffee. Did you leave them downstairs with the, lu- the with the lubricant? Ooh. Oh, a callback to to what everyone thinks of as the lube episode of Nobody Listens to All of Houndstone. Well, we could move on to nipple gasms. Okay. No, no we could. Stop! <laughs> My God. Okay. All right. So you guys listen. So imagine. If you were at a friend's house, right, and their whole family has gathered and you're at a chair at like a separate table and the chair kind of rocks a little bit and they're, are you going to be okay there? Are you okay there? Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. And then you hear the mother and daughter and the mother says, oh, we can move on to nipplegasms. And the daughter goes, no, don't you just feel (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially what's happening here at our Thanksgiving. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I'm so happy that I have my pies all by myself. Listen, Adam. Adam. Yeah, Paula. Yes. Adam, Friedman yeah. descendant, Tony, uh, I have a word. It's, oh, uh, you do? I Gr- do. Great. It's sort I'm of. I'm still trying um, to get past this idea of Friedman's coming over on a Mayflower. No, and then everybody, how do you know that then, they didn't, Adam? Well, how do we know that I, they didn't? I don't. No, it could be like that they were Jews, but nobody talks about it. What do you mean? They just got, no, it could be there were Jews, they came over, but nobody mentions it. It's very possible. And I wouldn't, I am not suggesting for a moment that, that, that Jews either were or were not welcome on the Mayflower. I know nothing about it. I'm simply saying, if you are really descended from that specific family, there's no the way. The Freedmans? Yeah. Why do you, really? How do you know there's no way? Because you're well, crinklers. <laughs> and I just don't think crinkler Freedmen would have been welcome on the Mayflower. Okay. And I just can't, can't imagine this world where in, where in these pilgrims say... Hey, you know who I'm sorry that we brought here to the new world? Those those crinkly Jews. Let's make them live with the natives. I, just, I don't see that. That conversation seems implausible to me. Yeah, I think you're right about that. See, I think you're assuming, Bonnie, that we're talking about because it's Jewish people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that you, your particular specific lineage. You come from a long line of crinklers, and that can be annoying. (laughs) All right, Paula, do you have a word? You know, wait a minute. Uh, Captain Crinkle, maybe you're you're descended from the captain of the ship. I hadn't thought of that. Who is captain of the Mayflower? Captain is not a hereditary title. Oh, good point. Yeah, my mistake. Okay. Uh, I do have a word. Um, The word, by the way is piety. It's a noun whose second meaning is a conventional belief that is accepted without thinking. Now, I know that many of you nobodies already know this word. I'm bringing it to your attention to remind you 
not to bring it up on your Thanksgiving Zoom. Best place for it, the vocabulary song. Um, this week's word is piety. It's a noun that means a conventional belief that is accepted without thinking. Just keep your tiny blood of Christ classes clinking. Last week's word was... Specious. It's an adjective that means seemingly reasonable or plausible, but actually wrong. I remember words because I put them in this song. The week before that, we had um, simulacrum. It's a noun. Its second meaning is unsatisfactory copy or substitute. I want a cookie, not a fruit. Going back before that, the word was rapacity. It's a noun that means aggressive greed. The filthy rich are still in need. And not long ago, we had putative. It's an adjective that means generally considered as or believed to be. The national anthem was written by Francis Scott Key. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do. I do, I do. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Bravo. Happy Thanksgiving, Genius everybody. Special 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, Phyllis Diller said, My cooking is so bad, my kids thought Thanksgiving was to commemorate Pearl Harbor. <laughs> More about eating on Thanksgiving at our Poundstone Pen Thanksgiving pageant when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me, because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet 
parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes you know when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff it's really not that technical you know uh no matter what way you sleep they have a mattress that will support and comfort you how hard is that Uh, you know when you say it that way it seems a lot simpler i take it back that's my boner (laughs) and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge and helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) 
don't want to take Adam's word for it, well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. All right, we're back, and thank you to our house band again, Jan Van Gogh there on the uke. Jan just released a new single called New Walking Shoes. It's available on all platforms for the streamings and the downloads and the flavin. Hey, Jan, you are really rocking that uke. Thank you so much. And by the way, wonderfully festive Thanksgiving music for our Thanksgiving yeah. special. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Jan. Thanks so much. And speaking of Thanksgiving... uh. Paula, you have prepared something very, very special for us all to take part in. It's our first annual Thanksgiving pageant. I, you know, it may even be more than annual. We may do it in November and then reprise it, I don't know, say in, in June or so. Uh, that's how powerful a production uh, <laughs> that I think we're about to go into. Now, we are a small ensemble company. Um, and by the way, nobody's, if, if one of you writes another theatrical piece that you would like us to bring to life, um, uh, please feel free to send it in. Um, oh, absolutely. We'd uh, be happy so, to, to read your plays here on, on air. Uh, so this is called the, uh, the, the, the first Thanksgiving. Okay. And, um, uh, and Bo Bonnie was just lamenting the lack of rehearsal time, um, Oh, don't worry <laughs> about is... that. I think because <laughs> you did email it to we'll... us just moments ago. I think we'll be stronger unrehearsed, frankly, um, because <laughs> okay. that's really how you know this was. Keep in mind the first Thanksgiving they hadn't rehearsed this; they didn't have any idea how to do this. Um, so, uh, uh, so, so here we begin. Um, all the leaves are falling. History is calling. <laughs> As we begin, the, the, the table is set. The pilgrims are there. The Native Americans, which weren't even called Native Americans then, uh, are there. Uh, and, uh, and Governor William Bradford speaks. Thank you for joining us. For our feast, King Massasoit, <laughs> and all you members of the Wampanoag tribe. Eleanor Billington speaks. We're down to four women after the difficult voyage and the virus, so you're going to have to serve yourselves. Please, everyone, have seconds and thirds. Remember, we have no Tupperware. <laughs> Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Okay, so here's the deal. I like parsnips, so I made a lot of parsnips. And you can dig right in. Was your name? It's Pot Potomaca? Potomac. I, I, I'm trying to get it right. Do you want some parsnips? It's Pomatacomet. Uh, thank you. No. <laughs> Elizabeth Hopkins speaks again. Okay. 
But when you're ready, just let me know. They're very good. Not everybody likes them, but I like them. I even eat them raw sometimes. (laughs) John Goodman speaks. Mary Brewster, these yams with marshmallows are delicious. (laughs) Mary Brewster speaks. Thank you, John Goodman. Eleanor Billington speaks. (laughs) Fuck, is that John Goodman? That guy is everywhere. (laughs) Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Weedemo, if you ask me, these guys are such a bunch of losers. But I have some parsnips. (laughs) They're right down there on the... (laughs) On the plate. Weedamoo speaks. <laughs> no, thank you. I was looking for the venison. Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Oh, we don't speaks. have venison here. Oops, sorry. <laughs> but you know what goes great with venison? <laughs> uh, Weedamoo speaks again. Yams with marshmallows. It's the best. Susanna Winslow speaks. Hold on to your fork, gentlemen. Remember, we're down to four women. We don't need any extra dishes to wash. Governor William Bradford speaks. Shit, I wish she wouldn't say fork like that. What with we're down to only four women. I told you that virus wasn't a hoax. Wear a face covering, I said. And did any of you listen? Future generations, if there are any, will be so much smarter. Say... Edward, since you still have a wife, do you think I could... Edward Winslow speaks. No. (laughs) Eleanor Billington speaks. John Jr., you take that horn off into the woods to play. Squanto speaks. What are these red things? Ah, gross! (laughs) Mary Brewster speaks. Cranberries. Would you like some Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Oops. <laughs> okay, I might have, I might have jumped the gun there a little. Would you like some parsley to wash that? Elizabeth like Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Okay, look, I can get you a bagel on the side to wash that taste out because the Friedman <laughs> slipped it to me before they got pushed off the boat in Florida. Squanto speaks. Thank you, no. Pass the grapes, please. Miles Standish speaks. Ah, shit. I just got lobster water in my weird collar. Eleanor Billington speaks. Why did you wear your weird collar? It doesn't help keep you warm. It looks stupid, and it must be really uncomfortable. Miles Standish speaks. Discomfort is next to godliness. Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. Would you like some parsnips, Miles? Yo, beg a wind. <laughs> Miles Standish speaks. I believe I'll pass, Elizabeth. I don't want to be that close to God. Eleanor Billington speaks. John Jr., if you don't stop blowing that horn, I'm going to fill it with parsnips. Elizabeth Hopkins speaks. John Edward Samuel, John William Samuel, John William John. The parsnips are down here, and who gives a fuck? What's your name? That's an interesting name. Yeah, right. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use your last name. Oh, wait. Yeah, right. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use your last name initial. Wait, what? Okay, wait. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use your last name initial in your class. What is that? I do. 
Wait. God damn it, Bonnie. Okay, I knew I should have rehearsed. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use... Stop it, you guys. I'll bet... I got it. I got it. I got it. Meryl. I I mean Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have some. I'll have some parsnips. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use. (laughs) Wait a minute. I got it. (laughs) Paula, can we recast in the middle of a play? (laughs) No. Here we go. We might have to. Here we go. I'll bet. (laughs) This is gonna be like when the first Dumbledore died. (laughs) I'll bet the. (laughs) Hold on. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Buddy, it's not that I tough a line. Oh yeah. The, the Freedmen's Road all the way to Plymouth. I have it. Yeah. I'll bet the teacher doesn't have to use your last name initial in your classroom. Akapumpin S. Akapumpin G. Akapumpin H. <laughs> Would you like some parsnips, Akapumpin? That's not your Akapumpoin name. Speaks. <laughs> Akapumpoin Speaks. Thank you. No. A compoin speaks. No, I think it might be on compoin speaks. No. Who wrote this? A cop. I didn't write his name. A compoin speaks. Thank you. No. Edward Winslow speaks. Elizabeth Hopkins might be available, Gov. Governor William Bradford speaks. No, thank you. I hate parsnips for one thing. Miles Standish speaks. Standing to address the group. Before we leave this place today, I would like to thank God for his bounty. It was a difficult year, but our devotion to following the word of God is all that matters. Our harvest was successful and our new friends are dear. We will name many streets and towns after them. We, pilgrims, are down to only four women, and they didn't have time to prepare proper gift bags, so if each of our Indian friends could take a blanket on your way out, with our thanks, we would be honored. And curtain. Well, Whoa. we don't really have well, a curtain. Well, well, oh my gosh! That, that turned pretty dark at the end with the blankets there, Paula. And it was dark yeah. in the middle just because yeah, watching Bonnie Burns try to fight her way through that line was <laughs> brutal. Well, you know, I started out with an American folk tale, and I ended up a little Paul's in. Howard's in, and I ended Howard's up a little in. Howard's yeah. in, not Paul's yeah. in. That's his, his brother, the jazz musician. Um, right. By the way, Bonnie, the reason Elizabeth Hopkins was saying John, Edward, Samuel, John, William, Samuel, John, William, John, is because they were all named that. There was like four Johns, and there were like five oh. Williams, and you know, whereas the Native Americans, I don't think you're going to find another Acampoin. Ak- Ak- yeah, and, and Bonnie, totally I, I don't like to critique that. anybody's performances, but um, one of the amusing through lines of Paula's play is that your character is constantly pushing parsnips. Well, no, I knew that. <laughs> and, and, and you seem to not like that and occasionally didn't even include that in your lines or, or put them back. Or, in fact, co- said, who gives a fuck about parsnips? <laughs> no, okay. Kind of- <laughs> I have two things to say about that. One is... The thing, it would have helped if I, you know, read this once more, like studied it. I read it once. But I, my interpretation was, I understood what she wrote about the parsnips. My interpretation was the way I played it. That I didn't care about parsnips. 
That was my interpretation. <laughs> so you had you had a character that had one job, which is to like parsnips and push them on people. And your interpretation was maybe she doesn't Listen, like parsnips. She I did Uta Hawkins in that nine role. questions. Bonnie, I could have been cast in that role. I had that interpretation. It was a unique interpretation. A director could have decided she put a spit on it that we hadn't thought of. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like. If Julie Andrews played Maria as someone who didn't really like music. (laughs) One could argue it was her own spin, but I'm not sure it would have become the beloved musical that it is. And it's it's not just a spin on your part, Bonnie. You literally didn't say the lines. <laughs> that's that's not an interpretation. That's an on the fly rewrite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I was what do they call it? I was um like Pete Doctor. I was like making it my own. You know that's not I wish I could offer that. you guys some of this pie, I'll tell you that. Um Bye. Paula did it. Bonnie, let me ask you something. Did it turn out the way you wanted, Paula? Bonnie, do the cherries ferment at all when they get burned like that? (laughs) You know, I have to tell you, I tell Paula to do this in her auditions, to make it, you know, put her unique spin on there, because... No wonder she hasn't gotten any parts. (laughs) Bonnie, we've we've established on this show many times that Paula has never gotten a part for an audition. Yeah. I think she, she got a part on Inside Out. She had to audition. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Tony just Googled me. And by the way, wait a minute. She's gotten two other parts. She got two voiceover no, think, jobs. I don't think so. Uh, I think he yeah. did, but come to think of yeah, it. Yeah, but one of them was for a Poundstone. For one of them. One of them was for a Poundstone production. <laughs> <laughs> and and they ended up recasting it. Okay, um, question, Paula. Did oh you God. make up these Indian names? No. No. Oh, you researched them? Uh, yeah. If I had made them up, I might be able to pronounce them. Well, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a great idea. What if you named your kid a name that you couldn't pronounce? <laughs> I can and you come in here. Um, oh my God! Um, and Paula, um, how did it come? Did it come out the way you envisioned it, Paula? How was our pageant performance? Um, well, you know, Adam, when you when you bring other people into your project, uh, you know, it it it's never going to come out the way you envisioned it. Um, <laughs> and I say that as a cautionary tale. Uh. <laughs> um, I, I do want to take a moment and commend Land Romo, who uh, played uh, d- uh, two or three parts yes. in this, and di- I think did a, did a wonderful job. He Thank did. you, Adam. Uh, in his in his review, uh, the word "stunning" came up over and over again. Yeah, yeah. in in the in the New York Times uh, theater <laughs> review. Well, I would like to say for the nobodies who don't know that Land Romo. 
I don't know, maybe his title is head of production of Starburns, who does our podcast, <laughs> but he's so much more than that. So enthusiastic, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, you literally meeting. just said you, you literally just said I don't know what his title is, but it's more than that. No, I yeah. know what his title is. It's head of isn't your title head of production or something? <laughs> What's your title? <laughs> that you you got it, Bonnie. You got it. But he does, he does so much more than production. Yeah, he was and dancing through that whole thing. Um, he's a good I dancer. An excellent dancer. If uh, You know, Bonnie, I think before you pay a compliment like that, you should rehearse it. Because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to gracefully draw down the curtain on this act, I think. Um, Charles Dickens wrote, Reflect upon your present blessings of which every man has many, not on your past misfortunes, of which all men have some. More things to be thankful for when we come back on this benighted edition of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Cat of the Week is Bartlett from Winthrop, Massachusetts. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Wentz sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. And we're back. <laughs> My God. Um, you know, Adam, yes. is there a way I can smush this pumpkin pie through the microphone and you could have a bite? It is so good. Uh, yeah, you know, Paula, I'm jealous because I'm just filling up on all these uh, mashed potatoes and <laughs> mac and cheese, but I just don't think technology works that way. Well, you know what you could do for dessert is put sugar in your mashed potatoes. I'd do it. Uh, you know, that's probably what I'll be reduced to here at Casa Felber. Um Tony Anita Hall, we ask nobodies to send us stories from their family's Thanksgivings. And um, do you want to step on up to the microphone, push aside that um, that turkey and step on up? Yep. Here I am. <laughs> wow. Boy, she, she stepped up so quickly. I think she had too much turkey. Yeah, she's... Oh. Sorry. All right, Tony, what do you got for us? Um, Okay, so (laughs) Lisa Olson wrote, my cousin died mid-November several years ago. It fell on me to make his cremation arrangements. His son and I headed to the cremation place and made the arrangements. Then the funeral director said, hang on a minute. I want to give you guys something. He came back with a huge frozen turkey. It was by a cremation, get a free turkey day at the funeral home. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Boy. I, you know what? You know how there's that bag in the center of it with the gizzards? Yeah. Yep. I wouldn't trust that bag at a cremation place. <laughs> <laughs> It's inarguable. That, uh, that is such a weird promotion. I, 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 it really, I, I, it really is. Especially since you don't think that there's that a promotion actually brings more people into any particular funeral home, right? I mean, what's yeah. the thought there? You know, Thanksgiving's yeah. coming. Those turkeys are so expensive, but and you know, Grandpa's not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, if you could time it during these few weeks. So, yeah. In the summer, apparently, they give away a whammo slip and slide. 
Uh, and uh, the kids love that. <laughs> Picture some very old man going, but I like turkey too. <laughs> I think I could make it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Bring out your dead. Um, all right. So uh, Lisa Olson, that was a uh, fantastic uh, story. By the way, we had a, a woman from a crematorium, a, a mortician that used to work at a crematorium on our show one time, uh, Dodie. Caitlin Doty, and uh, she was fascinating. And yet, the place that she worked, I believe, was in Oakland, California. And they they kept quite busy and never gave away one free turkey, as far as I know. Yeah, it's not a business that needs a turkey incentive. I think is is the point. All right, <laughs> Tony, what else you got? <laughs> this is from Melissa Cole Grape. My family gives white turkey gifts. Something crappy or funny or just plain junk you found around the house. No spending money. One year, my sister had surgery and then gave away her gallstones as her white turkey gift. Oh, I see. Wow. So instead of a white elephant party, it's kind of a instead white of a- turkey give. Yeah. Yes. Got you. Yeah. Um, so you really can get your gallstones? They give it to you when you leave? Not only can you get them, uh, my dad was a doctor, and he said gallstones uh, can be pretty good looking. That's ridiculous. What do you mean they, they're they, good they look, looking? They, they look like uh, like big pearls or opals or something, I, I, I'm told. I've never huh. seen them. Well, I think you will if you go to Melissa Cole Grape's Thanksgiving uh, festivities. <laughs> well, it's I think not you'll like have Melissa the Cole chance. Grape's, yeah, except you can't count on Melissa Cole Grape's sister to have gallstone surgery every Thanksgiving. Well, that's why we want to do a cross-pollinization with the crematorium that Lisa Olson went to. Uh, (laughs) One year you get gallstones uh, for getting a cremation, and the next year you get a turkey. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's a good idea for that crematorium. All right, Tony, let's get another one. So someone else from the Cole family wrote us as well, Joanne Cole. And she said, I'm from the same family as Melissa. One year I got earrings made from real turkey feet and a necklace made from cleaned and bleached turkey bones. Don't even get us started on our annual turkey talent shows. Wow. Joanne, Joanne, (laughs) could we participate in one of your annual turkey talent shows? You've, You've heard our Thanksgiving Day pageant. (laughs) <laughs> I, Surely, I think I think right now the Cole family is for the first time grateful for the pandemic. Surely we'd be contenders, <laughs> though, Joanne. I'm sure. You know, we have two members of the Cole family that have reached out to us with their Thanksgiving stories, um, which leads me to believe that we are doing better with the Coles than we are in Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> Right yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Fairly accurate. Yeah, this is the first evidence I've heard of a, of a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone family, which is fantastic. So uh, if you calls want to let us know exactly how many members of the family listen to us, we'd, we'd really love to know. Uh, Tony, who, sure. who, do you have any non-Coles stories there? I do. I have an Ashley Toy story um, here. When I was a kid, my grandma would buy us each a scratch-off lottery ticket and put it at our place at the Thanksgiving table just for fun. One year in first grade or so, they asked us to draw a picture of a family tradition. 
Guess which one I chose? <laughs> Gambling at family holidays. My poor mother was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that there's a first grader who could draw an accurate enough depiction of lottery tickets being scratched at a Thanksgiving table. (laughs) Apparently what she did was bring in one of those pictures of dogs playing poker, and that was substituted in for there. She just just drew a turkey in the middle of the table, but... um, Wow, that's a that's a good Thanksgiving tradition. That's not what I don't think my family had any unique Thanksgiving traditions. Well, did they eat turkey? Oh, yeah, but we you ate said tur- not yeah, unique. We, we ate turkey. Yeah, exactly. We we yeah. basically did the Thanksgiving that everybody does. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's the whole point of a tradition. By the way, is that you do what everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in the call family, apparently. Um, all right, what, what else, uh, Tony? Uh, this is from Sophie L. One Thanksgiving, Grandma was planning to host the holiday with her grandkids. Apparently, they said something to make her angry, and when they drove up to the house, she came out the front door and threw the turkey onto the lawn. End of holiday meal. <laughs> see? All right, Jesus. see, Sophie? If that's wow. the kind of family that I would have been invited to join, I, I would be... <laughs> you, you pull off just in time to see Granny dump a turkey on the lawn. <laughs> no, even worse. I would have I would have been early. Like, okay, like I would have gotten there early and I wouldn't really know the grandmother. And she would welcome me <laughs> into the home. And then the family would pull up the people that I actually knew. And I would have to sit there... Filled with embarrassment while she went out and raged on the front yard. And then she'd come back in and be like, well, well, what do you want? That's the kind of, that's, so what did somebody say to me one time? I might've told you this before too, but somebody said to me one time, they said, we're having people for Thanksgiving who have nowhere to go. And I said, well, that should be a scintillating conversation. Uh, (laughs) Are are we all going to sit at separate little tables on the end? That's kind of wobbly. Are you going to be okay over there? Yeah, just just push the kids' crayons out of the way. There's plenty of room. Happy Thanksgiving for people nobody wanted at their Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. We're um, okay. Uh, the family here, and then the losers. Will you be comfortable at this table? Okay, there's good. a loser table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Losers. Um, We've got one more from Bridget Wells. My first Thanksgiving with my in-laws, and I brought desserts. I used the frozen pie crust and was mortified when people started pulling wax paper from their pieces of pie. I had missed removing the wax paper divider before putting filling in. Another year, I missed putting sugar in the pumpkin pie because it was time to get bifocals. (laughs) I, I gotta say, if you leave sugar out of a pie... Uh, vision is not the problem there. <laughs> I would never. I could, I could make a pumpkin pie where I forgot the crust and the pumpkin, but I would never forget the sugar. Yes. See, see, arguably most most important part of any pie. Uh, you use sugar in your pumpkin pie this year, right, Paula? Oh my gosh! I used, I used my sugar, and then Bridget had some sugar left over. That I used as well. Um, oh my gosh, I I love I love sugar. Um, I love sugar and I love butter, and uh, which is great because I just 
I just took a sixth pie out of the oven, and it is a butter and sugar pie. And I'm wow. so, oh, my God. That is good. I'm so sorry you guys aren't here to eat this. It's okay. Wash the this. parsnips right out of your, right out of your taste buds. Mm. All right, and on that, thank you everybody for sending in your Thanksgiving traditions. Uh, oh my th- th- gosh, those were great. Yeah, we loved your Thanksgiving stories, everybody. Um, so, Paula, we give what thanks else? for your Thanksgiving stories. We are thankful to you for adding content to our show this Thanksgiving, and frankly, pretty much every week. Yeah. You know, speaking of thanks, well, as you know, I'm I'm an atheist, so I'm not looking up at the sky right now. Uh, I I am uh, thankful to uh, uh, to to you guys to the nobodies. I'm not going through a middleman here. It's just you guys. Uh, thank you so much for for being listeners and for and for uh, sticking with us through thick and thin. Yeah, <laughs> you're with us for the long haul, people, and we love you. So I went a little, a little Howard's in on the last part of the of the, uh, of the of the pageant. I just I want you know it's the kind of Thanksgiving pageant that Trump would ban. I want I want young people to grow up knowing the true facts about Thanksgiving, not the bullshit made up story stuff. I don't think your writing was at all the problem with that pageant, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, but for but forward well we go, becoming a better and better country, and uh, absolutely, and accepting that we've made mistakes, and 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 using that as a launching pad for getting better. You know, Adam. Yes. This is a very special time of year, it and is. that's why right now, I would like to tell you that I've been making these cameo video postcards, which people can order. At cameo.com slash Paula P33. That's cameo.com slash Paula P33. It's a simple code in a complicated time. Cameo.com slash Paula P33. And to find additional joy and connection, go to paulapoundstone.com. That's it, Heidi. All right, and uh, everybody, that, that's our show. If, if you want to enter our theme song contest, send your song to us at nobodylistentopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. All the communications go to nobodylistentopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our house band, Jan Van Gold. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazemnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> you know, it seems like years ago that we celebrated Thanksgiving by watching Rocky. Did we do that one year? Only a penguin said <laughs> no, you forgot Polly. Only a pig would say that, Polly. Um, I am so full of pie right now. I can barely move. I, th- I, th- I thought the one good thing about not actually eating 
all the food together was that I wouldn't have that gross, I have to shove away from the table feeling. But right. I, t- I just ate five pies and then half of a butter and sugar pie. I'm, I'm going to be hungry again in about a half an hour. There you go. <laughs> you have plenty of pie for that. Bye. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.